Aquí estamos preguntando sobre supersticiones financieras. Bueno, en mi familia decían, si te pica la mano, no te la rasques porque viene dinero. Pero si quieres controlar tu presupuesto, hay una manera mucho más práctica. ¿En serio? Con el plan precio personal de State Farm, puedes crear un precio accesible solo para ti. Y sin aguantar picazón, me gusta. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Llama para obtener una cotización hoy. Los precios varían según el estado. La elegibilidad para la selección de cobertura podría variar. Please stand clear of the doors. Hey guys, I'm super excited to be on the mon... Wait, wait. Is that a giant squid coming to attack the monorail? No, it's a kraken, clearly. Hold on, are they both... Are krakens and squids the same things? Like, I have no idea. I think they are the same thing, right? Just, they're just called different things. Actually... A kraken is a cephalopod-like sea monster, gigantic in size. Similar to the same footage, has a large squid. Is that Adam? He has like a weird <laughs> accent. Or was that Bill Nye? <laughs> Welcome to episode 49 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm one of your helmsmen, Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Adam. Today, we will be doing the history on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage. So, what do you guys think about this ride? Have you guys ever been on it? I remember going on it I uh, when I was a young kid. Yeah, I know. I did for sure. I never I don't wrote it. Specifics. You don't remember, Alex? I never wrote it. Oh, No. No. I remember going on it when I was younger, and I remember uh, being fascinated by it because, I mean, I was like five, six at the time, and yeah. being a five, six-year-old going on a ride where you kind of go under the water, um, you know, you're walking around outside, then you go on this ride, and you're under the water, and, some, and I mean, it's fascinating for a kid. And to me, I kind of still hold that feeling of the ride. Do you hold it close to your heart, Joe? Do I hold it close to my heart? Yeah. I do. Actually, I have a picture of it, and I keep it under my pillow. Uh, <laughs> and before I go to bed, I kind of look at the picture of it, yeah. I definitely would have liked it's it cool. if I wrote it. Yeah? I feel like if it was around now, my son would love it. I feel like th this would be one of his favorite rides. I don't know. You have to get in a tight area and go underwater, and then at some point, uh, it's like, they say you're being attacked by a kraken? Yep. I don't know if he would be down for that. I mean, I feel like if it, if this ride was in today's kind of like technology world, it would be a lot different. But before, I mean, it was definitely felt really cheesy. Uh, I mean, I, everything was obviously fake, you know? What? Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I feel like today, <laughs> I feel like today would be a, definitely a little scarier than it would be, than it was back in the day. Right. Be more realistic. Oh, no doubt about it. Can you think about like, you know, when this ride, I remember it was like all animatronics underneath the water right. and stuff like that. Imagine CGI. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> like all the windows were, you know, digital screens. It would definitely be a lot different. Yeah. They use the same tech, the same technology they use for the uh, Nemo ride with the screen projection oh, my on gosh, the glass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be ridiculous. It would be really cool. And not only that, can you think about, you know, King Kong over at Universal Studios, the Islands of Avenger, the new one? 
where King is like all digital screens and King Kong's jumping all over the place. Can you imagine that now? Like take that technology, even the, um, the pirates of the Caribbean ride over in, uh, China, you mm-hmm. know, take that technology, put it over here with, with, I'm just waiting for a ride that uses that technology. I guess rise of the resistance is very similar to the pirates ride over in China. Mickey ride. Oh yeah. The Mickey ride's kind of like that too. You're right. That's true. You know, I've never been on the new King Kong. I do remember going on the old one. Mm-hmm. Have either yeah. of you ever been on? I oh, heard yeah. that they actually had to brush his teeth because just dirt got on it. What? <laughs> like a big toothbrush? Yeah. They had a, well, not a big toothbrush, but they had a, with a brush with yeah, bristles yeah. because dirt would get on it. I, I love huh. that ride. Yeah. But That's yeah, I was hope I was supposed to last Friday be going to Universal and I was excited because I've never been on the new King Kong ride. Uh, yeah, that fell through. Oh, I think so. Uh, real quick, I bet, though, the upkeep on this ride was a lot. Yes. Oh, yeah, I would think so. Because Are we talk about that all in the history, Alex? It's touched. Oh, cool. It's that time. Let's get to the his on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage. Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage was an attraction in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, which opened on October 14, 1971. You would board a miniature-sized submarine and look out portholes as the submarine took you on a dive through different locations. In 2001, Tokyo Disney Sea opened up their own version of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, based off of the Magic Kingdom ride. Magic Kingdom would close the ride down permanently in 1996 after 25 years of service. So it would close in '96, huh? Yeah, yes. it did close in 96 because you read it in the history, but yeah, I'm just playing. But uh, 25 years of service, 25 I, years of sure. service, that's a pretty good amount of years. It's all right, I guess. I was trying to think, so how old was I in 96? So I was, uh, what, eight? Yeah, man, and why didn't what, you go to Disney and ride it? How old are you, how old are you when you're in kindergarten? Mm. How old was I when I was in kindergarten? I was like five. No. <laughs> yeah, man, in kindergarten? How old was I? How old is Nicholas? You're talking about... Nick's five. And he's going to be in kindergarten next year, right? No, no, no. Are you even related to me? Yes. No, not really. But you're not really related to me, but you are born into the family. <laughs> We're not born into You are, you know, Maybe. married into the family. Yes. But he, he, he's in kindergarten this year. He's about to go oh. into first grade. He's oh, six years he? old, actually. Oh, my bad. Yeah, he's six. <laughs> but you're asking me how old was I going into kindergarten? I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to place, because I moved to Florida when I was in kindergarten. Okay, so you're probably like five. Five or six, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five um, is, you know, according to greatschools.org well, d- when they should start kindergarten. Well, I was born in December, so I, I would end up going to school late. So, yeah. Okay. So, okay, so six. So I had two so years. So that of explains being a little bit. That explains a little bit about you. Go ahead. I could have been, I could have been two years <laughs> going to this ride, but I don't think we went to Disney right away when we moved here. No. Um, yeah. So, I mean, come to think of it, if, and I would think that, you know, 1996, I can see how, like, you know, people your age probably haven't been on this ride, you yeah. know, because this thing closed when, when, when you're, like, 30-something. How old are you, 31? Do you, are you, like, are we even, like, <laughs> related? To, are you related to him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm but, 30. Dude, I was pretty close. I was pretty close. But we don't, listen, but it's a little bit different, okay? Because... We're talking about a little kid that we celebrate. We make a big deal about their birthdays. We don't make that big of a deal about your birthday. So it's not like, you know, we sit around and put like a thing. (laughs) I know, exactly. 
So, I mean, I think it. you should know. I'd be like, oh, how how old is Emma again? Is Emma, is it, she's like is she three, one? She's like three or four. The uh, timeline's actually off, <laughs> because we'll actually get into it later, but it was actually closed before 1996. Oh, that's right. That's when it was officially closed. Yes. Oh, so, so it actually shut down a little bit before? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Oh, quite a bit before. So he would have had to been, you know, we'll find out later, but Alex would have had to been six, you know, by the time, you know, to get there in time. Yeah, so exactly what you're thinking Nick will be when he rides, if he rode this ride this next mm-hmm. year, he'll be six. Yeah, I think that, I, I don't see how you can be five or six and not like this ride. Oh, for sure. If five or six-year-old would love this ride. Yeah. Even the same ride it was today, they would love it. I agree with you. I mean, if you can go on It's a Small World and still enjoy it, you can definitely go on that ride and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The only technology advancement that It's a Small World has made in the last 30 years is they sometimes sit, put your name on a screen right before you're about to get off. Dude, man, that makes it all worth it. <laughs> okay. No, it does not. A free churro when you get off, that would make it maybe worth it. <laughs> That's a really good idea to keep some of these rides going is to offer some free food when you get off. They don't need to give a free churro. The ride's busy. (laughs) Not Not as busy as Peter Pan, though. I know, but I don't get it. When Disneyland was constructed in 1955, Tomorrowland was one of the most underdeveloped areas of the park. To fill some space, Disney decided to install an exhibit of the recent film 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the 1954 Walt Disney-produced movie. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was based off of the Jules Verne novel of the same name. This movie was one of the first shot in CinemaScope and was a critical and commercial success. It won two Academy Awards for Best Art Direction and Best Special Effects. The movie is best known for the incredibly done fight scene with a giant squid, which was an amazing feat for the early 50s. One of the key signature pieces of the film was the passenger vehicle, the Nautilus, which was designed by Harbour Goff. This submarine has a steampunk look to it and really stood out when seen. The exhibit had a circular floor plan and was narrated by Thurl Ravenscroft. The exhibit was filled with actual film props like Captain Nemo's organ and allowed guests to visit famous scenes in the Nautilus. You can even look out from the saloon and see the mechanical giant squid prop from the film. In 1966, the exhibit was closed to be replaced by a venture through inner space, but the exhibit did its job attracting guests to Tomorrowland to get a glimpse of what may be the future. So if getting attacked by a giant squid is the uh, idea of the future, do you (laughs) want to be there? (laughs) Uh, Over at the Polynesian Resort, there's a bar, which we have talked about on the podcast uh, multiple times, called Trader Mm -hmm. Sam's. And there's a big squid that's on the ceiling of the bar, and -hmm. it comes to life, you know, when someone orders like a special drink. And it's very sea-themed. And actually... There is a Nautilus drink at Trader Sam's, and um, there's a 20,000 leagues under the sea table there at uh, Trader Sam's Grog Grog, Grotto. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. So it's super awesome. The squid is super cool, especially when it starts moving all around. Um, That place, I definitely, if you go to Disney, you come down on a trip. That's one of the places where you need to go check out. Uh, you need to get there like easily an hour before it even opens. Like I think it opens at five, and you need to line up at four. And there's probably gonna be people out there waiting to go into the the bar. And there's some food there. We'll probably do some history on it one day. 
um, but it's super cool. And it, it has a 20,000 leagues under the sea feel to it. It's pretty cool. What is it called again? A Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's. Is at the Polynesian Resort? Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. weird since Trader Sam's is a part of the Jungle Cruise ride. You'd think yeah, it'd be Jungle yeah. Cruise kind of <laughs> themed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So have either of you two seen the movie? No. I have not. Yeah, me neither. Have you? No, I haven't, but I don't even know how well I remember the ride, but every time I've seen a picture of the Nautilus, I know exactly what it is. It's pretty... Um, I wonder how... It, iconic. I wonder how you knew. Like, yeah, I guess it is iconic, right? But, and I guess it's kind of an iconic movie, too, right? I mean, everyone knows about yeah. the movie and the book, but I can tell you anything about it. I don't know how, but when I, you know, if I see the Nautilus, I know exactly what it is. It's a unique shaped submarine. Yeah, it is. It was in League of Story in German, the Nautilus. Oh, was it? Was it the same design? Yeah. Uh, that I'm not sure. I just remember the car, the really long front end. In 1959, Submarine Voyage opened at Disneyland and used early animatronics to create underwater sea life. With the use of forced perspective, people inside one of the eight miniature submarines felt like they were underwater, diving to great depths. The submarine itself never fully submerged. If guests were to look up, they would see the top of the water. The diving effects were made by bubble screens and using the waterfalls at the entrance to the caves that led the submarines into the cleverly disguised show buildings. With the success of the submarine voyage, Imagineers wanted to take the ride and make a more elaborate version for the upcoming Florida project, which would become Walt Disney World. Imagineers decided a great way to reimagine the submarine voyage ride was to merge it with the late 2000 Leagues Under the Sea exhibit. It was perfect. The miniature submarines would be built to look like the Nautilus from the film and would take guests on an adventure undersea just like the book did for so many before the movie. The basic hulls were constructed by Morgan Yachts in Clearwater, Florida, with the final building work being transferred to Tampa ship midway through. Veteran Imagineer Bob Gurr oversaw the project. When the finished subs arrived at Walt Disney World in August 1971, vehicles weighed approximately 40 tons and were installed into a concrete track mounted on top of a mechanism that limited bumping accidents. The attraction vehicle were not actual submarines, but instead boats in which the guests sat below water level. The interiors were a mix of metal paneling, rivets, and bolts, as well as Victorian-esque fittings in the form of passenger seats that could flip outwards. Each guest aboard the Nautilus had his or her own seat, as well as round portholes to look out into the attraction. Located at the top of the window recess was a small speaker through which Captain Nemo's voice, veteran voice actor Peter Renaday, doing an impression of James Mason, guides his guests through their underwater adventure. Above the seating area is where the helmsman stood and controlled the vehicle's operation. Each of the 12 vehicles accommodated a total of 40 riders. So growing up, that was probably one of my biggest memories of the ride. The attraction would be the bubble screens. Mm-hmm. And how uh, how I thought that was really cool. So... I I watched a video and of the ride and uh, I mean it does look like you're going underwater. Like even from watching the videos and knowing it's bubble screens, the way they did it, it does look like air is being pushed out of the submarine and it is submerging. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So when it was changing scenes, they had bubble screens. Yeah, like they had these bubbles come up right at the one over here. Is that what a bubble screen is? Like all these bubbles come up kind of uh, like from the window. Alex, was it Shanghai or I know the the one you're talking about? Yes. Shanghai, you're in a vehicle hanging 
kind of like um, the yes. Harry Potter ride or something like that. And there's a screen okay. in front of you that has bubbles that comes up constantly to make you think that you are underwater, even though on the outside you see okay. it's just a screen that has bubbles coming up. Oh, uh, see, I'm talking. I thought that meant like, um, so they had a, actual bubbles coming up. So that's how the one at Walt Disney World I remember it was like these bubbles would come up over the window uh-huh. when they used to change, well, um, yeah, yeah, scenery, and that's yeah, what I was thinking. It was talked about before, wasn't there a waterfall? There was a separate, real bubble, yeah, real bubbles when um you were going through the yeah. different scenes. I think that's I think is what Joe is saying is like. It's just what I, th- I mean, I don't know why they say double bubble screens in the history. And when I read it, it said bubble screens over and over. And it's what you said. Like, you think it's a screen that produces fake bubbles or that produces bubble images or whatever. But I think it's just them producing bubbles that go over the, over the windows. Oh, why would they do that, though, if you're actually underwater? Why not just have actual, you know, bubble air, you know, airlines in the water producing bubbles? <laughs> Seems a little... I think it is. I think that's what it means. Yeah, because if you look at images for both rides, they're underwater. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking when I said bubble screens. was like the bubble, they use it like almost as a screen, the bubbles. Right, whatever they use to produce the bubbles over yeah. the windows. The diving effects were made by bubble screens. Let's take a look. See, I would call what Shanghai has a bubble, an actual bubble screen, because it literally is a sheet of plexiglass. And then because right. Shanghai isn't underwater, they have to actually make the bubble sc- the bubbles themselves. I'm sending you that. I'm sending you the link to the Shanghai one right now, so you can see where I would be confused right. in the naming. A screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you mean. I know what you mean, and I and I, you know what I questioned it too. Everywhere I looked, it said bubble screen, bubble screen. So I was like, well, I'll use bubble screen. That's the one. That's the way they, that's the way everyone refers to it. That must be the correct way to refer to it. So maybe it's not actually physically on the ship itself, but just as you pass through a line of air that's producing the bubbles in the water itself, not like how Shanghai has it right on the glass. Do you see what I'm saying? Shanghai is not digital. I looked at the video. I just don't, I forget. Yeah, those definitely are not. That's not digital bubbles. Those are real bubbles. But do you think Captain Nemo is related to Nemo? No, because Captain Nemo, that's his last name. Oh, so Nemo the fish is not Nemo Nemo, right? No, it's not. Now, is Nemo the fish named after Captain Nemo? Probably. Probably, yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Did Captain Nemo have a peg leg? Maybe that's why Nemo has one gimp arm. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That's something pretty. That's uh. Did he have a? Did he have an overbearing Jewish father? <laughs> Was Nemo's mother killed by a serial killer? <laughs> Dude, man, that that barracuda was it a barracuda, right? What was it that killed ne- Nemo's think, little? I'm going off barracuda. the joke that was on the Discord. Yeah, but man, he was just trying to get food. He was just trying to survive. Yeah, but you know what? Fish are friends, not food. Oh, and I did look up the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and no, the Nautilus did not look the same. Oh, okay. It was a lot bigger, right? Yeah, it was a lot bigger, plus it had like a squid on the outside of it, squid shape molded into it. Oh, really? Yeah. Different. Not the steampunk look. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage opened in Magic Kingdom October 14th, 1971. Despite the extensive 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea overhaul, the attraction was given. Essentially, it was still the same as its California counterpart, 
in both its underwater show scenes and narration, except for a few occasional differences. In the lagoon, guests could see animatronic moray eels, crabs, lobsters, sea bass, clams, and turtles, as well as a host of smaller tropical fish. You then see diver animatronics wearing the replicas of the Harper Goff designed deep sea diving equipment. With the bubbles from the waterfall at the cavern entrance simulating a surface storm, the captain would order the submarine down into the depths as a precaution, and the guests enter the show building section of the attraction. In the depths of the waters was a graveyard of lost ships with shipwrecks from various centuries littering the seabed, guarded by the silent, gliding figures of the sharks. The Nautilus then would reach the North Pole, narrowly avoiding large icebergs. The sub would venture deeper, entering the eerie world of the abyss, where guests viewed examples of the many weird and strange species of deepwater fish that thrive in such environment. The last discovery made while ascending is the ruins of Atlantis, sea serpents accompanying mermaids, and a chest bursting with jewels and gold. Then, after seeing a much smaller sister Nautilus trapped in the clutches of a giant squid, the passenger submarine would be attacked itself by long, thrashing tentacles. With a final push to the surface, the Nautilus would clear the caverns of the dangerous giant squid and enter the safety of the tropical lagoon on its way towards the dock. So, you know, I, th- I have a funny feeling. You know, sometimes when you have these memories of things that happened a long time ago, and then they kind of mix together in the one memory. Mm-hmm. So I always had this memory of going on the Carousel of Progress. And on the Carousel of Progress, I always remember like being underwater. But I'm thinking that it was probably this ride right here. I mean, I wouldn't say probably because you're definitely yeah. underwater. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not underwater. But uh, as like a mixture of both because it's very similar, mm-hmm. right? You're kind of spinning and going around something, right? Like you have these different scenes and you're going around it. Kind of like Carousel Progress. It's like you're going around and, and, and then there's these different scenes, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. um, def- definitely the ride was definitely in a circular pattern. Mm-hmm, yep. So you got the moray eels, the crabs, the lobsters, sea bass, clams, turtles, small tropical fish, all super thing, cool things to see when you're a five-year-old, mm-hmm. six-year-old on our ride. Yeah. Should you mention Kraken if you called it a giant squid before? Because they're two different things. A what kraken, mean, two different things. A kraken is like a mythological creature. Is it? It's like a, it's well, a sea monster. Yeah, the the giant squid is a sea monster. It's a that's what do you mean? Isn't Kraken a squid or no? No, it's a crack because I was that's what I was questioning. Uh, Kraken is a legendary cephalopod-like sea monster of gigantic size. Right. In order for this squid to attack a, a submarine, it has to be giant. Well, there are giant squids. Not large enough to attack a. Like if you watch the movie, yeah, there are man. The, if you watch Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. That's pretty much a Kraken, right? Then that would be my question, though. Then should you call it a Kraken the whole time, or should you switch? But I thought a Kraken was a giant squid. It's just a proper term for it. Yeah, it's fine, I think. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. But mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of agree with Adam, though. I think you should change it. I think you should say of the dangerous squid. Because going back and forth. when I go down to do the history for Shanghai, they call it a Kraken. Okay. But it's also a different ride. Right, but it's based off of... Uh, well, then that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, then right. why, why don't you call it a Kraken throughout? Because, well, I didn't think it was an issue because I always thought Krakens were giant squids. They're just another name for giant squid. Just like if you say, what is King Kong? He's a giant monkey or gorilla. <laughs> but you call him King Kong because 
He's giant. No, this is his name. That's King Kong's name. Is King Kong? He's a giant gorilla, though. Or gra- he's a giant gorilla. I think I'll be fine, though. Yeah. What do you uh, think? So you don't think a is kraken sleep. is a giant squid? No, because even the definition says it's a cephalopod-like sea monster. It doesn't say it's a giant squid. And krakens aren't even real. I mean, giant squids are real. This is supposed to be like a real thing. Because it says that the um, Kraken has been the focus of many suspicious sailors. Uh, they th- Authors over the years have prostituted the legend may have originated from sightings of giant squids. So it's saying that's probably where a Kraken, came, like the idea of it, came from. I've never seen the movie. No, th- all three of us haven't seen the movie, so we can't... Do they say, oh, we're being attacked by a Kraken, or are we being attacked by a giant squid? I think they said giant squid because I don't think Kraken was a term. When this book came out. Kraken's been around since 1250. Oh, okay. So it was around? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, since the late 18th century, Kraken have depicted in a number of ways, primarily as large octopus-like creatures. Oh, octopus-like. It has also been alleged that Pontoon Kraken might have been based on sailors' observation of giant squids. Yeah. Do you think they saw Santa when they were in the North Pole? Don't be ridiculous. They could have done a, a Christmas overlay, huh? <laughs> yeah, they could have. Just, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and uh, the famous Harper Goff, he worked on this ride, so uh, he's a legend. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- th- this, this ride had it all. You know, it, had, it has history. It has, like, the mixture of, like, animatronics that could be real. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the graveyard of the lost ships, which is super cool. Um, Atlantis. I had the sh- had Atlantis. I had sharks. This thing, this 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 was definitely uh, a really good ride. I, w- I, w- I really do wish it was still around today because my son would love it. Yeah, it'd be a cool thing. Um, I, I mean, the only issue I would see is they would get rid of it, uh, the underwater part, and do it like Shanghai has, and keep everything out of water and just make it believe you're under the water. Just to save on the animatronics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should watch this movie and do like a comment track on it. Oh man, that's Sound a good like, idea. You know that? Yeah. We can do it with the projector. Yeah, that'd be fun. So that would we, be a lot of fun, actually. Twenty thousand, li- or it's Mystery Science Theater, right? Yeah, Mystery Science Theater, and then we'll do that, and then Disney, like two weeks later, will come out <laughs> and have their own version of like an old movie. Like what? Really, Disney? Because I don't think anyone. I mean, really think about it. <laughs> I don't think anyone has done a good quality like Mystery Science Theater 2000 on anything. Do they do they have ripoffs of that? No, because you have to have the rights to the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we probably can't do that then. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to show the movie. Yeah, we could right. talk about you it. You would tell everyone, hey, while, you know, we'll tell you to press play. And at the same time, you know, we're pressing play and you can watch, <laughs> you can watch the movie and hear us in the background. That'd be still kind of yeah. cool, though. Yeah. Diz his <laughs> at the movies. That's a good, that's a great idea. That will be stolen in a week. <laughs> yeah. To be like, come on, Disney, really? <laughs> Copyright Disney. Copyright Disney. Hey, side note. A uh, Kraken, uh, oh, yes. they said estimated 40 to 50 feet in length. And a uh, giant squid can be found between 39 and 43 feet. So it's like <laughs> they were just seeing giant squid. Oh. Yeah. Though the attraction was a guest favorite and remained popular throughout the existence, it was expensive to maintain. It was closed on September 5th, 1994, without advance notice. 
for what was termed a temporary maintenance period, but in 1996, the closure was officially made permanent. Guests outcried about the ride being closed for good. To this day, there are several guests who remember the ride and wish they had a chance to ride it one last time before it closed. Three of the ride vehicles were saved from being stripped and torn down. Two were shipped to be sunk in the snorkeling lagoon at Castaway Cay, Disney's private island. Only one of those two Nautilus submarines still exists. One was destroyed by hurricane weather. The third submarine was put in storage, but it has been taken out and displayed at various Disney events, still in very good shape. The lagoon in 2004 was drained and the sets and infrastructures were demolished. Pooh's playful spot was built where the attraction formerly stood and operated between 2005 and 2010, before making way for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. However, the exterior to Little Mermaid, Ariel's undersea adventure, contains a silhouette of the Nautilus and a rock wall. So that's basically the only homage that you'll see on Magic Kingdom's property to the ride. Well, that is and the Trader Sam's. That's what I said, on Magic Kingdom. On the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Magic yeah, Kingdom, yeah. yeah. So what ride would you compare that to right now? You're talking mm. about um, 20,000 Leagues? Yeah, that's, that's the podcast mm. we're doing today. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Can you? Is there a ride you can compare that to? Nemo. Okay. The, so Nemo the and one friends. At Epcot? Yeah. yeah. All right. So if they said that they were going to refurbish Nemo, and then two years later they said, "Oh yeah, uh, we're just closing it down," would you not be mad that you didn't get a chance to ride it that one last time? Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt about it. I cannot. That's believe crazy. They that. Yeah. The the universe of energy. I pretty much went on. The last day that was going to be open, I went on the ride, and I uh, I'm, I was very happy that I got to go on that ride. You for didn't one last go time. It on the last day because then that would have been iconic because it broke and you got to walk through. Yeah, but it was probably like the last week. Then I, I just remember it was like really really close to the end of its life. Yeah, the last the actual last people on that ride got to walk through the entire ride. Yeah, I, did, that I saw that. I remember seeing pictures of that. Yeah, that'd be amazing. So, but I do think though, even though this is a really cool ride. It was a really cool ride, right? I do think Mine Train and part of Ariel, I mean, I do think it's worth, it's kind of like, okay, well, you got one, re- one, one really good ride, but you also got two really good rides too. Because I'm a big fan of Mine Train, and I, really, I do enjoy Little Mermaid. I think it's a good, a good uh, attraction. It's a great ride to take a nap on. <laughs> no, that's the, that's the one at uh, Hollywood. Not a ride, but you know, you're sitting in the theater. The, yeah, that theater one. Yeah. Dude, when you go into, see, when I go into these rides, I'm looking at all the animatronics. And I'm like, wow, you know, there's a lot of work that was put into making this ride. And not only uh, work put into making the ride, but there's also a lot of work put into upkeeping the ride. And it really kind of, you see, I mean, it's like, it's like spotless in there. And they do such a good job of cleaning. There's like no dust. I mean, it's a lot of work to put into this ride to keep it running the way that it does and to me that's part of the experience to me i'm like wow that's pretty cool you know yeah i actually i don't mind ariel i think it's pretty cool and the animatronics are pretty nice on there it's not the um projection like frozen but they're still really good looking yep yeah they are it definitely gives it that cartoony feel it's not like um pirates of the caribbean the kind of realistic kind of feel well except Mm -hmm. for the addition of johnny depp that looks really good but yep. yeah, they look really good trying to represent the cartoon version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. In July 1994, the Mysteries of the Nautilus opened in Disneyland Paris. 
This is an updated version of the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea walkthrough attraction that was at Disneyland, California in the early 1950s. This attraction takes guests throughout the various rooms of Captain Nemo's submarine. In 2001, Tokyo Disney Sea opened up their own version of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. On this version, guests board a small personal submarine developed by Captain Nemo and participate in a tour to explore the world under the sea. The submarine is attacked by the giant squid and loses control, resulting in a detour into the unknown world of Atlantis, where mermen live. The submarine then gets boosted by the mysterious power of the mermen and is able to return to the base safely. This attraction's concept is similar to Disneyland's submarine voyage and Magic Kingdom's attraction 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea submarine voyage. This ride does not go through real water, though. Several effects, including bubbles in the window or movements, are added. Uh, this is not part of this. Uh, just the fact that there's mermen, I would probably go ahead and assume it's going to be a kraken. Right, because mythical? Yeah. 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 I think we need to go ahead and leave some of this talk of us talking about squid. There was mermaids in the submarine of uh, in the submarine ride. In the what? There was mermaids in the. Uh, oh no! There was some, there was mermaids in the submarine voyage, not the not not the two hundred thousand leagues under the sea. Right. I don't think. Or no, no, there so were mermaids in twenty thousand leagues under the sea. There was. Yeah, it says here. Uh, graveyards. Precaution. Sea serpents accompany mermaids and a chest bursting with jewels and gold when you get to Atlantis. So I think we need to leave in here that we're talking about, you know, we're going to say Kraken, squid. I mean, it's a fantasy. So, I mean, Kraken is kind of a squid. Kraken's not really a squid. I mean, there's no such thing really as a Kraken, but Kraken is kind of a squid. That we can kind of, it kind of symbolizes a squid in real life, right? What did you say the differences in sizes of the squid? Well, no, but also there's different depictions of a kraken. Like some look more like an octopus. Yeah, but with the one over the the kraken that's in Pirates of the Caribbean in the movies, that looks more like a squid, I think, right? Yes, that one I would consider more of a squid. And that was also bigger than 50 feet long. That was like 300 feet long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was massive. It was super cool, though. Yeah, it was. (laughs) And you can see that kraken. You can see that kraken in the Pirates of the Caribbean um, over in Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, you can on the digital screen. It's so cool. Yeah. So would you really go through a walkthrough right now in this day and age? No. I mean a walkthrough. <laughs> a, walk- a walkthrough. In Paris. Oh, would, uh, yeah, man, I would. They have a walk. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. Think about it. Okay, think about this for a second. You're just sitting there saying that you want to go, uh, number one, as hot as anything in, um, in Florida. So you tell me you wouldn't go through a walkthrough just to get some cool air? All right. If it was interactive attractions in the walkthrough, then yes. But is it hey, walkthrough, don't touch anything kind of thing? Well, think about this for a second. You kind of go through a walkthrough when you go to the Nemo ride over at Epcot. You're not Nemo walking friends. through. You're well, on a, you're on a, uh, you're when you get on. off the ride and there's that walkthrough with all the, uh, like the aquarium part. Yeah. That's like a walkthrough. Yeah. I literally just walk through it. <laughs> sometimes we don't even go on the ride we just go to that part and we look at all the animals and there's like a little play area in there and we go to the play area sometimes we just go through it and we stay there for a little bit sometimes we don't even go on the Nemo ride we just go right through the walkthrough area uh, just because you're looking at the alright but you're looking at moving animals yeah and, and you know the walkthrough in Sh- is it a are things moving or are they static in Paris it's based off of the original walkthrough so it should be static yeah no that yeah. doesn't no not not doing it for me in 2020. Yeah. 
I can tell you also, uh, you know, looking at Disneyland Paris, I was uh, Niels. He was posting some pictures mm-hmm. of this. I forget what it was, but it was just something with Disneyland Paris and their design on anything they do at Disneyland Paris is so much nicer than a lot of the stuff that we do here in Orlando, Florida. Like for the for the theme parks, I mean, it's just amazing some of the things that they create there. I remember we we kind of talked about it a couple of episodes ago. We were talking about yeah. they do look at do design things differently there, but man, it's crazy. Yeah, we talked about it on the Space Mountain episode, and actually, this this Nautilus walkthrough is right next to the Space Mountain. So, if you remember, Space Mountain has a steampunky feel to it. So, mm-hmm. right next to it is this lagoon with the Nautilus submarine in it that also has a steampunky feel. So, it ties in really well together. Uh, so, I'm on the Wikipedia for 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and it says mm-hmm. squid. Well, you should be looking under 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> this is the, this is the shorter <laughs> version of the ride of the movie. <laughs> they didn't go down as far. <laughs> no wonder they found a squid and not cracking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nope. Nah, it wasn't I, a squid. It was a cuttlefish. We here at Diz His wish this attraction was still around, but also enjoy the rides that have taken its place at Walt Disney World. You can find your first hidden Mickey when you get on the Nautilus and look in the grates. You can find your second hidden Mickey when you see the treasure chest open. Your third hidden Mickey can be found in the giant squid's eyeball. Prove me wrong. Did you, did you just make all that up? Yeah, I did. Are you for real right now? <laughs> People are going to be like, oh, I'm going to go search for this Hidden Mickey somewhere. I was like, when you were reading it, I was like, is he talking about the Hidden Mickeys like the one at Disney uh, over at, um, where's it open at again? Yeah, Shanghai. No, I, was no. like, it, I was confused. Joe, you know all the Hidden Mickeys are done based off of Walt Disney World Parks. Yeah, but the thing is this, is that you made him sound so real. <laughs> there used to be Hidden Mickeys probably, maybe. Uh, who knows? The the videos of the videos that are on YouTube are way too grainy to find out. Four eighty P doesn't do it. Memories, memories, talking about those. This is memories. Alex, do you have any memories? I do not have any memories. I remember going on it. Um, for some reason, I'm wanting to say there there actually was grates on the floor. Was there water? Com- um, I want to say like some water did splash in there. I don't know. I don't remember that part. Yeah, I, re- I remember going on the ride with my dad. But I remember going on the ride when I was specifics. younger. Oh. Go ahead. I do. Yeah, it's kind of hard for such such a long time ago. Same with me. I do remember going on the ride. I remember the bubbles, you know, uh, when they were doing like the scene changes. I remember enjoying the ride. And that's pretty much it. Like, you know, it's kind of hard when we do history on these on these rides that were such a long time ago because it was such a long time ago, you know, and we were going when we were younger. But right. it kind of makes me think, like, is my son going to remember a lot of the rides? No. But he's also going on them a lot more than when I went on them. You know, yeah, I, I came true. down, you know, yeah. I came down, like, twice when I was around his age. And there was, like, a big gap between, um, you know, me going on, like, five, six. And when I went on it, when I went back to Magic Kingdom when I was older, when I lived here, he's going, like, all the time, you know? Right. So he, he's probably going to remember a lot more, I would think. But see, and then like, sometimes I wonder, is it my memory? Because, um, there's, I found a photo where the, 
uh, Sharkhead is in the Living with the Seas, where you get the Talk about like Moana when he's like Sharkhead. No, in Living with the Seas, there's a shark that you put your head in and you like stand yes. on the other side to get the photo. Yeah. Well, that used to be a diving suit there, and you would stand in the diving suit and you can control the arms on it. But I don't know if I'm remembering it out of my own head or if it's because I have a picture in my drawer of me and my dad in there and I'm like, I'm filling in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's kind of like what I'm talking about with uh, before, you know, I actually thought about 20,000 leagues under the sea, you know, before like this episode. I always got it mm-hmm. mixed up with um, the carousel progress for some reason. Oh, they're so much alike. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, they're yeah, not really no, they're alike. not. <laughs> I know they're not. Well, they are, man. Why? Was there a lady that was on the uh, 200,000 Leagues Under the Sea and she's gone now? For some reason, listen, hear me out, okay? For some reason, I remember being on Carousel Progress and seeing someone underneath the water. And, like, the dog was in a... like Diving under a, Yeah. That was, but I'm guessing that was that a was, dream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> yeah, if it was underwater. Yeah, yeah. But like Alex said, they're both circles. That's probably your connection. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what'd you do in the world of Disney, Alex? Uh, well, we did watch um, epi- Star Wars episode uh, seven and eight, uh, and we're gonna watch episode nine tomorrow. Recording on Thursday, of course, and um, that's about it in the world of Disney, honestly. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that we record ahead of time. This is actually January 15th to 2020. Um, hopefully everything's going okay in the world. <laughs> hopefully no, like a, any kind of like viruses spreading everywhere. There's no, no pandemic. Yeah, I heard something about some someone ate a bad bat in China the other week. <laughs> so how about you, Adam? What did you do in the world of Disney? Uh, I did two paintings. I did a Lumineer painting and I did a Tinkerbell painting. But other than that, that was it. Yeah, the Lumineer painting is pretty good. Actually, guys, we're going to, um, I ordered some canvases and they're going to be here tomorrow. So I'm going to give you two, Adam. I'm going to give uh, Alex two. I'm going to keep two. And we're going to do some paintings and we'll be able to, we'll share it on our social media sites also. And I'm thinking about doing a giveaway with one of the paintings. I've never done a painting. I mean, I have them because I do this. Yeah. But do you and Alex have paint and paintbrushes? <laughs> I have a whole bunch of paint and paintbrushes because okay. Mel's an art teacher. Yeah, I didn't know if she, she had them, but Alex doesn't. And she paints. Yeah, I know that's true. So maybe, maybe if Alex, if you don't want them, I can give, I can split them up between um, yours no, between no, Adam. No, 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 no. I think you need to let him borrow some paints. You know, he tells you what colors. That's he true needs. too. Okay. I and mean, if you want to do it the right the way, though, Alex, uh, do it like me, and I have like six colors, and I have to mix mine. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll put on a, a Bob Ross video and just copy him. I'll put a pretty little tree right over there. <laughs> There's no mistakes. There's happy accidents. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, um, I, I did some drawing this week also. Yeah. I did Minnie Mouse. Did you watch Came a video right. for that? No. Oh, that's really good for just, what did you do? Did you look at a picture? Yeah. When I, that was, that's really good for just looking at a picture. Oh, thank you. When I do it, I usually make some mistakes. What do you mean? Nice. Make some, oh, when, you, when you're just looking at it, you just make mistakes? Joe yeah, probably. I usually make some some uh, structural mistakes here and there. 
He probably went and erased all his mistakes before he sent us that photo. I did. I kind of did it. Well, obviously, you know, you do it light at first, and then you keep the lines that you want to go ahead and keep, and then you do it hard, like you push down harder on the lines you want to keep, right? Yeah. I still can't make it look. I mean, that looks really good. It was not bad. For someone who doesn't draw. No, I don't. But yeah, so I drew a, uh, a mini. I'm going to work on, I used to draw a long time ago. Like I had like a little sketch pad, pad and I used to draw. Uh, so I'm going to get back now because, you know, we have a lot of time sitting at home. So I'm going to get back to drawing a little bit. I want to work on some cool paintings with you guys. Maybe we can collaborate on some uh, things. Maybe we can do like um, DuckTales and one of us can do Huey, Dewey, and Louie type of thing. I don't know. We can figure out something. Uh, but I did some drawings. I watched Star Wars Episode 7, 8, and 9. The movies are great. Uh, I watched the ninth one's really dark with Palpatine. I'm not sure if you guys uh, remember because well, you haven't you watched the nine right? again. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it's really you dark. Saw it when it came out. Yeah, I did see. I was like there opening day. Okay, did you just say Palpatine's in Episode Nine? Oh man, you haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it. Yet. I just said I was going to watch good it job. tomorrow. Good job, oh, Joe. My God. <laughs> I'm what sorry, are you man. Doing to me, bro. I love Palpatine. You just okay. spoil like the biggest secret. We're gonna find out. You're gonna find out right at the beginning. We spoiled like right it the on the podcast a long time ago, though. When we Wait, talked we about the voice at the end of the 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 one before that, or those the trailers. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that's so funny. That's so good. I'm so sorry, Alex. <laughs> but it's right at the beginning of the movie. It's right right at the beginning. Okay, you're gonna see him. Okay. You're gonna tell him Ray dies next. Jeez. <laughs> Let's not talk about that anymore. I love the oh, uh, actually, I do have something else to say about it, but it's not really that big of a uh-huh. deal. Okay, so I do yeah. love the characters. I've been watching Buddy vs. Stuff. I'm not sure if you guys watch Buddy vs. Stuff. Have you guys watched that? No, but seriously, R.I.P. Chewy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Buddy vs. Stuff, you know, two baking bakers, huge bakers. They did a Star Wars. They, they, they had, so they're pretty much doing competitions, like who can do a better cake. Mm-hmm. And they did a Star Wars cake. And they were doing it for Galaxy's Edge for the fourth. And uh, obviously it was pre-recorded. It wasn't right now. Mm. or this past uh, on may 4th but they did star wars cakes and both cakes came out great one person did like a uh duff did like a yoda and it was amazing and someone on buddy's team did a babu you guys know who babu is or alex you're not gonna know who babu is but adam do you know who babu is nope so babu is the um he's a droid smith in the movie i'm not gonna tell you exactly what he does but he's a cute little character and he is probably my favorite new character oh, in the new Star droid? War universe. No, no, he's not a droid. He's he's a droid Smith. So he oh, works on okay, droids. Yeah, uh, I know. He's like the little guy. He's like a, he's tiny. You know, he's pretty cute. And he's he's really funny too. But you'll see him. Yeah, that was a good. Alex. That was a good part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was. So the guy on Buddy's team, he made a little Babu, and it was like oh, it was so good, man. It was so awesome. So I, I did that, watched Star Wars, watched, uh, did some drawings, and that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Uh, I do like the characters in the new Star Wars movies. They're, I, I feel like they're easy to c- connect with, right? Also, did you guys hear about the new Star I guess now we're going to get more into like news. Do you guys hear they're going to make a new Star Wars uh, movie? We can't get into news yet. Oh, why not? Because we still have one more, what did you do? What did you do? Who? Oh, yeah. I forgot, man. Hey, Neil's, Neil's on. I didn't forget huh? about you. Joe did. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> um, I, I almost did. I almost did forget about Niels. So what did I do in the world of Disney? Well, no more Disneyland Paris visits, unfortunately, because of the whole Corona self-isolation situation or the intelligent lockdown, as we call it here in the Netherlands. But I do keep the magic alive with my daily Disneyland Paris and Walt Disney World post on Instagram. So be sure to check out at Capturing Disney Parks over there. I'll try to show some great details of the parks or add some fun facts or history in the captions to make my posts more meaningful, but also to keep myself fully immersed into the Disney details. I also did something fun with my colleagues during our last virtual drink via Zoom. Our virtual drinks all seem to get a theme, and this one was all about a virtual tour through Disneyland Paris. I was challenged to be a tour guide and take the team, which is partly based in the Netherlands and partly in Belgium, through the whole resort. So I shared my computer screen with them and I started with a map of the resort and the surroundings to tell a bit about the two parks, the six Disney hotels, um, the two Disney nature resorts, uh, the partner hotel area and the golf park. I also included some general history and um, some information on future expansion plans. Then I moved on with a one hour YouTube video that I found which showed a walk through most of the main park, the Disneyland park, without entering all the shops, restaurants and rides. So it's just a casual uh, tour that I passed every now and then and for which I provided my own live voiceover. So I talked a lot about history, details and, and other fun facts to illustrate how Disney parks differ from other amusement parks and that my visits are not just about rides or, well, kiddie characters, as a lot of people think. So that was really fun uh, to do. I also created uh, several quizzes on my at Capturing Disney Parks Instagram lately, uh, two about Disneyland Paris, one about Disney World. And these 20 to 30 um, park question quizzes uh, were all in my Instagram story for 24 hours. I made use of my own post. So it was a lot of fun to create the questions and relive my own uh, well, posts and memories uh, while uh, putting it online. And around 200 people participated in each quiz and I got a lot of thankful reactions uh, of people who had a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm planning to do this more often, especially now a lot of people are home and need some uh, extra entertainment. Um, And lastly, I published some new Disney Icon Spotlight interviews that I did on my website. Um, I added some Disney Plus shows and movies to my watch list, including the new Disney Prop Culture series and the Mandalorian uh, documentaries, so those um, seem to be interesting to me. Okay, well, that's it for now, but maybe one little joke before I say bye. Uh, As it was Star Wars Day last week, what is a Stormtrooper's favorite TV show? Game of Clones. (laughs) Bye-bye. Niels always has those funny jokes. At least it was uh, more appropriate this time. (laughs) So I was doing a couple of his quizzes that he created on his Instagram, and they they are a lot of fun. I had a good oh, really? time. Did you guys do them or no? no? No, I didn't know he did them. You guys should go ahead. And oh, they, they should still be up there. Yeah, uh, Instagram. Uh, do I, yeah, I don't go on Instagram. I post my stuff on Instagram, but I check Twitter more. Okay. Yeah, but they're really good, some of the quizzes that he's doing. So, uh, speaking of, that's where you can actually see the Lumineer and Tinkerbell photos is on my Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Instagram is DizHiz. Eh, crap maybe i should this is a this is a this is a yeah yeah when when, when i tag you in our when in the post i have to type in your your name is this is a and add uh alex's does his red beard even though he doesn't have a red beard anymore he's gone 
It's getting, it's coming back though. It's not like your profile picture on Discord right now, though. I mean, that's a fluffy one. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to talk about news? Yeah, let's do it. You guys hear about the new Star Wars movie coming out? Yes. Nope. What's his name? Tahiti? Tiki? Watiti, I think. Watiti? I think that's He has... He plays... He directed Thor Ragnarok, right? Ragnarok? How do you say that? Yeah, Thor Ragnarok, and he played the rock person. Yeah. He's awesome. I like that guy a lot. Oh, so that was his voice? Yes. Watiki. Tiki Watiki. Yeah, that was his voice. Really soft voice. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. I'm looking up I'm looking up I'm looking up the uh Korg. Korg is his name. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, Thor. Yeah, it's a great character. So and he here we talked about he directed that movie, right? So he's gonna go ahead and he's putting together the, this whole new Star Wars movie that's not gonna be connected to this um Skywalker series. Right. Well, yeah, they originally so, said that this was the end of the Skywalker yep. series, which is good. I mean, they have a lot of good characters in this movie that they can go off of. Which I but thought I'm was, not sure. I thought that was funny since you had just mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago how you loved the character. You know, you thought the characters were really relatable. It's like, well, too bad they're mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll be back, right? And I'm not sure. I was talking about this with my my son because we watched episode eight, and at the end of episode eight. Remember at the very end where they have the kid and he kind of uses the force to pull over the broom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's like a whole new generation of characters with the force that that's coming about. Do you remember so, that, I mean, Alex? Who, at the casino? Uh, kind of. It's like yeah, At the very end, yeah. Yeah, a kid in the, they're like in a holding place down underneath like the casino area. Weren't they uh-huh. cleaning up over the animals or something like that? Yep. Yeah. Yep, and he uses a force to kind of call, call over the broom. So, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways that this can go. And he's a, uh, he's a good storyteller, and I think this is going to be good. You know, it's pretty funny. In the eighth, what's it, is it the eighth one? The ninth one, which I'm not going to talk about really too much, but there's a lot of funny scenes in the ninth one. Poe's hilarious. I think that he, it almost feels like a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, has a t- Guardians of the Galaxy type feel in some of the moments. Where it's just kind of silly and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should probably talk about some of those moments. Alex? We should. <laughs> we'll talk about more next week. I can't believe you have not seen it. I can't believe you didn't go see it in the movie theaters, man. Yeah, we just never got a chance to do it. So you guys got any more news? Uh, no. Uh, well, we know that Shanghai will be opening up their doors. Yep, May 11th. They're going to start their phase reopening, which is good news for over in Shanghai. Also, just recently, we heard of news that um, Disney Springs is going to open up, start doing a phased opening uh, May 21st, which is pretty big news. Which I'm actually surprised that they wait, they're waiting that long since Florida has their restaurants opened up already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so Disney's given it that extra time to, I mean, are they trying to get prepared? Uh, they, we can have, what, 20% right now capacity? What are you talking about? 20% like... Restaurants. What do you mean? Restaurants. Yeah, like 25% or something like oh, that. Oh, is it 25? I wasn't 20, sure. 20-25%, yeah. Yeah. But you mean, there's going to be a lot of... There's a lot of restaurants there in one small area, so a lot of people are going to be there. So I'm wondering if they're working on different... How we're going to go ahead and... How they're going to direct people to the restaurants, you know? I mean, if everyone all uses one entrance at 25%, there's going to be a lot of people trying to get to one area, right? Yeah, but there's more than one entrance. So I think that 
you know, it's gonna, all we got to do, you know, who knows if this virus is going to go away anytime soon? Who knows what's going to happen? All we got to do is just hope for the best. That's all we got to do, you know? Just remember, we're all in this together, if you haven't heard <laughs> that one yet. Oh, that's what we did. We watched uh, High School Musical 2 and 3. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I had it stuck in oh, my head. <laughs> I'm sorry, High School Musical 2, not 3 yet. I haven't seen any of them, but I remember One and two you watched, right? I've wa- we We're in a news part, man. We're past two. memories. Sorry, I just, rem- I just remembered. <laughs> hey, we, uh, I think that would be fun to do a history on those movies because I'm not going to lie to you, man. I haven't seen those movies, but it has like a cult following, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, let me see what else I got here for news. You know, it's kind of crazy how many, I mean, there weren't really any cases that were tra- traced back to Disney at all. Anywhere in the world. I think that's kind of crazy. And not only were they not traced back to Disney, none, no cases were traced back to SeaWorld, Universal Studios, Legoland, like any of the theme parks, which is just nuts for me to hear. I think they all got together and put some money together and <laughs> paid some people uh, off. They no, I mean, Jedi that could Force be, trip, but I don't think uh, so. Jedi Force? Yeah. Dude, it would come out. It would come out. What happens if, it, what, what happens if the virus really is affected by temperature and because if it's an open area is this the theoretical virus since we're yeah, recording so in January? I don't know. I'm, even, I'm not i'm not even gonna go ahead yeah i'm not even gonna go ahead and uh get into like theories because there's no use to even get into them i mean if you're gonna but, get into those you might as well start talking about 5g <laughs> but i'm thinking the parts i have my open uh, up. gas can ready if you want to go tonight <laughs> i got i got my uh some of my, I'm thinking the parks are going to open in June, if I had to take a guess. Well, they already, I think they already said uh, that they're, uh, okay, maybe they didn't say, but I believe Bloomberg, New York Times are already speculating uh, June opening. Yeah, so we'll see. And so far, I have not gotten the email that, you know, my plans have been canceled. Yeah, that's true. Because you're going to Chef Mickey's, right? I'm. We're staying on property for a, almost a week. Which resort are you staying at? We're staying at the Doubletree, but it's still a Disney resort. Oh, yeah. It's over on Hotel Drive? Yeah. Okay. So we still get the magic hours. So that's to his on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Adam. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Go to DizHiz.com where you can find links to all of our episodes, our social media accounts, and to our Patreon page where you can help us out and hear more from each of the shows. We also do monthly giveaways for our Patreon subscribers. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.